Well, um, there is a good way to start this podcast off. So anyway, that was the Godfather theme, or as it's technically called, the love theme. But as I'll discuss more and more, though, it's definitely questionable on how it is a love theme, because gosh dang, it is uh, very an interesting choice for the movie. So yeah, there's the introduction on today's topic to all my listeners. So anyway, as you can tell right there, this is the Godfather trilogy discussion that I have been talking about. So anyway, uh, just real quick introduction and some parameters. Going to discuss the whole trilogy. And the main points I'm going to discuss are the background of when each movie came out, along with some facts about the cast and crew, and also discuss the plot, characters, soundtrack, and then a few specific characters I want to discuss and major events and also how each movie performed on the Oscars, then with a discussion at the end of it, how uh, I feel the trilogy ended and how the impact of these movies on cinema is, because it is huge and on many top 10 best films ever made list you can count on the godfather one and two at least being up there because three will be an interesting discussion and i just rewatched them all leading up to this so my knowledge is fresh on each movie so let's go ahead and jump right on into it with the godfather so this movie came out in 1972 and as my crime and film professor said this was an interesting time for america as This was when the government was being less trusted with Vietnam and right on the advent of Watergate. So enjoying characters that weren't considered all fully good was very appealing. And this was also around the time when crime films really began to to gain their footing because before this, there was like film noir and stuff like that and some gangster films like Bonnie and Clyde. But uh Hardly any really like took off like these, and The Godfather was definitely the boost that the genre needed. But yeah, this was adapted from a book by author Mario Puzo, and who, fun fact, was also the writer on the uh, script for the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So anyway, the uh, this one follows the. Italian and Sicilian mafia in America and tells a fictionalized story of the Corleone crime family headed by Vito in this movie and his whole family. So to name off some of the characters played by Marlon Brando, obviously, is Vito Corleone. And then Michael, who is his youngest son, played by Al Pacino, and Sonny, played by James Caan, his oldest and uh, his adopted son, Tom Hagen, who uh, played by Robert Duvall, and some other characters, too, who I will mention, but aren't entirely major, are Captain McCluskey, a corrupt police chief from the rival Salazzo family's crime, their family, and then there's also Tessio, who is an ally of them. Oh, and also Michael's girlfriend and uh, soon-to-be wife, uh, Kay, who was played by Diane Keaton. So anyway, moving on, um, this movie 
is the beginning of the whole trilogy. And this movie's job is to set up the family, the overall story. And also um, some fun facts. Al Pacino, this was the film that launched his career. He only started one movie before this. So this is what made people notice him and is responsible for all the classic Pacino movies we've seen like Scarface and Dog Day Afternoon and Carlito's Way and so many others. And one other fun fact, too, I found out about this movie is um, Marlon Brando took in a stray cat who uh, is the cat you see during the opening scene when he's petting the cat. And uh, that was his a cat he just found and whatnot. And nice to know that even though they're criminals, they at least care for animals a lot and won't let an animal be harmed. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the other thing, too, I couldn't believe about this movie was the director, Francis Ford Coppola, had a very troubled production. There was a director who was on standby because the studio did not like what he was doing. But what I find funny is, from all accounts, the movie came in on time and under budget. So don't know what all those problems were about. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, this film starts off the trilogy. and brings in all the lead characters and deals with Vito running his operations only to then be targeted by the rival family and be shot and almost assassinated. And Michael has to temporarily do it, even though he really does not want a part of the crime aspect and really wants to just be an average person and was a war hero from World War II. Because these movies are period pieces, if I remember correct. The first movie takes place in the late 1940s up to the 1950s. The second movie takes place in the late 1950s to the 60s. And the final movie takes place in the late 70s up to, I believe, about the mid 80s, maybe early 90s. But yeah, all these movies are period pieces. And that's why you see a lot of old buildings and the products. It's it's very distinct is what it is. And Francis Ford Coppola definitely did that because he could have made the movie with a contemporary 70s technology, but he shot it as if it was an older film. And my God, the results are just absolutely amazing. I just cannot believe how it is just so seamless from the editing, the transitions, and how he builds tension and also being able to put together multiple aspects into a scene together and it all just be seamlessly which also enhances the plot and the characters as you see the development of Michael, Vito, and the whole family. And uh, and this all gets started when Vito has his assassination attempt because then Michael is reluctant to <coughs> partake in it. And he also takes out a rival with a revolver, and that's when he begins to go down the rabbit hole of being being the criminal. Oh, and also there's one scene, too, of uh, one of the family members who is a famous actor. I guess there's a director that keeps turning him down. And a uh, horse head is sent to him by the crime family. And also, uh, that was a real head in the movie. So the guy screaming, that is real. When you hear him doing it, that is a real head, not fake. <laughs> but yeah, gosh, um all these characters are just so well fleshed out from Vito because you see from the beginning, he doesn't want Michael to be a part of the family business. But then as stuff goes on, he kind of becomes more accepting of it up until Michael develops and really 
likes the little taste he got and he's like you know what i kind of like doing this and he pledges his allegiance to him and that is when he uh begins to go down the dark path and and then uh michael does a good job of presenting himself as a good person despite his job being very dirty very similar to Vito, because that's the nice thing about Vito. he always presented himself as a good person despite doing horrible acts because the opening scene of the movie is when Vito is in his office and many of the people at his wedding because it's a mafia tradition you can't refuse a favor at the daughter's wedding of a of the don otherwise known as the title of the movie the godfather and you see him and as he casts a large presence and that's why he is the godfather but yeah just overall Vito Corleone great character Marlon Brando killed it in this role there really aren't any bad performances in it from Al Pacino to James Caan to Robert Duvall Diane Keaton nobody's wasted in this movie even the characters that only appear in a few scenes you still get why they're there and what makes them a, a developed character and that's just the brilliance of the script and the directing and just Francis Ford Coppola making pure movie magic because the guy is definitely up there as a great director, even though I definitely disagree with his Marvel witch hunt, but we're not here to talk about that. So uh, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and get back to the Godfather. So anyway, uh, Anyway, uh, another thing, too, in this movie, which uh, must be mentioned, too, is um, the soundtrack that you just got a little taste of. It really sets the mood for it. And, uh, wow, from the love scenes, because one part of Michael's development, which um, I'll discuss a little more here in a few minutes, but uh, definitely was very interesting, is uh, Michael freaking had his... Uh, his arc and uh he goes in exile after what happened with Vito because he just doesn't want to be around it when all the stuff happens goes to Italy marries a different woman only to then be assassinated by a rival family member in a car bomb you hear that love theme and it is definitely fitting of a crime film definitely not a what you would think of when you think of a love theme but what you got the taste of there for sure and since I already discussed the title of The Godfather, I guess I'll go to the development as uh, Michael Corleone is a character that's definitely a definitely an antagonist, but also the protagonist at the same time. He's in a real gray area and uh, maybe even a tragic hero, I guess you could say. He's definitely both hero and both a villain because he does very bad things and orders people to do them, but he hardly ever does them himself outside of that one occasion I mentioned and a few others. And was also a war hero also. But yeah, gosh. Um, his development as he goes into the to the mafia family and whatnot is very intriguing. And also forgot to mention too, these movies are very long, but they're really well paced. Like Avengers Endgame and most long Quentin Tarantino movies, you don't feel the length. They feel shorter than they actually are. So huge compliment to Francis Ford Coppola there because 
the first movie is close to three hours long. Godfather Part Two is almost four hours long, and Part Three is at least two hours and two two and a half hours long. So there isn't a short one of these movies. They're all pretty long. But uh, yeah, freaking, it is definitely a solid uh, film. Michael's arc is absolutely amazing, as you see him go to the mafia and hit the position he's in, what it does to his family, his relationship with Kay, and also, as you'll see later on, the relationship with his children, which definitely adds to the more interesting developments of the movie. But yeah, one last major event I got to talk about, as I mentioned others, is when Michael goes to his his uh, son's baptism and orders many hits towards some uh, rival dons and uh, other other mafia members who are trying to take down the family. And it is just a real well-edited scene where you see all of them getting executed and uh, Michael's about to renounce Satan from his soul, only to be committing a major sin of murder and whatnot as it's all going down. As you see, all these mafia members kill at very distinct times. With one guy who gets shot in the eye of his glasses to also um, another guy who gets shot while having sex with a woman. And uh, definitely real interesting. Oh, and Vito also dies at the end of this movie. He uh, he gets to um, he gets to freaking be there, and uh, let's just say dies in a heart attack as his grandson is playing with him. And also, just thought I'd say this now. Um, I should have said it earlier, but this is spoiler-filled discussion right here. These movies are about four decades old, if not three decades old. So I feel like it's more than enough time to discuss these with spoilers i'm not gonna hold back now so anyway uh finishing that off michael fully takes on fully takes on the uh role of the dawn and you see how this affects his relationship with Kay as he gets really into it and she doesn't want him to get into it and uh and he freaking uh he freaking is all into it, and then the door is closing on Kay, as this definitely has closed off him from Kay and closed off a normal marriage or relationship now. So uh, definitely, definitely very intriguing. So moving on to part two. This movie came out in 1974, two years later, which I guess this movie, the first one was so successful that they were already writing this. Uh, they were all ri- already writing the, the script of this one. And what this movie did is just absolutely amazing. And other movies struggle to accomplish what this movie accomplishes. And don't let the length fool you. It might be close to four hours long, but still a very amazing film and definitely one which uh, is amazing. I also can't believe that this movie got poor reviews when it came out because now it's hailed as one of the best sequels ever made. (laughs) But yeah, this movie obviously had a huge order to fill with the success of the first movie. First movie won three Oscars, one for Brando, one for director, and one for best picture. So had a lot to live up to. 
and um, definitely did that and more. But uh, just about all the major stars came back, and uh, Robert De Niro was added to this film as a young Vito Corleone. And I found out Marlon Brando almost came back for this, but now I'm kind of glad he didn't because De Niro adds his own flavor and his own little grit to the performance of Vito. And what this movie did with the plot is just absolutely amazing because it is both a sequel and a prequel to The Godfather because there are two converging stories. The first one being Michael as he tightens his grip on the mafia family and tries to legitimize the business more while still being quite illegal and uh, while also uh, falling as well because though he's going to the top in the mafia world, he is definitely not staying there with uh, his family. A very interesting quote from Vito, too, is when he said to him, a man isn't really a man if he doesn't spend time with his family. And that reminds me, too, each of these movies definitely has some amazing quotes. The first one being Vito, when he says, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And this one, as I highlighted on my Instagram, is keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, that Michael says. And uh, this movie follows the Corleone family moving to Vegas. And as I said that before, too, there are the two converging plot lines. And what I can't believe is it is so seamless. When you go from following Michael, you're invested. And same thing when it flashes back to Vito, because you see his rise from when he was in Italy up until when he came to New York and rose to the top and became the Don that we know and love. But yeah, freaking um, all the scenes with Vito were just great. And the way they transition is real awesome, too. You'll see Al Pacino, Michael, in one side of the frame, only for the other side to have Vito slash Robert De Niro in the other. So it's almost like their their stories are mirroring each other, yet still being very different at the same time. But yeah, Michael definitely gained some more enemies, too, because someone in this film uh, tries to kill him and he just about loses it. And the relationship with his brother is also... Uh, continuing to be hurt his brother fredo oh i forgot to mention his brother fredo before but yeah he's one who uh carries out a lot of what michael wants and uh in the movie he definitely he definitely is very important to this film and uh definitely towards something that will be further discussed but yeah freaking just uh Absolutely amazing and uh, freaking um, freaking the story is just great. And all the characters, once again, are all great from the returning ones from Michael to Vito to Fredo to uh, Tommy, all out great in this movie. And uh, I'll just uh, give it their all. And Al Pacino probably gives an Oscar not winning performance that he should have got it for but didn't because he was just absolutely amazing in this film the layers he adds to michael is just amazing and how he fully takes on the role that Vito once had and uh another interesting thing too is the senate is investigating the corleone crime family and it's really interesting seeing michael 
have to defend himself and uh his crime his crime aspect side is hurting his relate his marriage with Kay and there's definitely some interesting developments that will uh continue I'll continue to discuss here in a few minutes but yeah just uh really amazing what happens here and uh freaking uh also seeing Vito begin to uh rise from the people he kills to uh the fights he gets in you also get to see a young Michael being born too when uh all this stuff is going down so yeah freaking um definitely uh very very interesting how it happens but yeah freaking um Freaking, uh, this is for sure what, uh, what is some damn good developments. And, uh, here's what I was saying earlier about what happened with his marriage. Um, Kay lies to Michael saying there was a miscarriage for a child they were going to have. They end up having two children, um, Anthony and Mary. And Mary will be more important in the next movie, but we won't discuss it now because she's not till the next one. But yeah, freaking um but freaking uh Michael definitely uh he all the ways he just let the mafia life get to him, Kay ends up lying about the miscarriage and reveals it was an abortion, steals the kids from him because she doesn't want them to be a part of that aspect of his life, and he just loses his shit and he oh boy, it is a real tragic scene. I can't really do it justice with words, but when you watch it, it hits you hard. And he just realizes I'm losing just about everything. But uh, it's definitely, definitely uh, what uh, what is there. And Michael also makes some difficult decisions that advance his character arc in this film as he orders his brother Fredo to be executed. Their mother dies in this movie, and you think it is a moment where it will be all right and uh, everything will be okay, but um, he's kind of just playing a part because he then um, sends him fishing, and uh, who he goes fishing with shoots him and throws him down the river, and it is just real tragic, but you get you see why michael does it cuz i don't really want to say anything on that cuz that was just oh boy it's real hard cuz these movies really do get emotional if you you really pay attention and get invested cuz it's there and this movie also has a scaled down version of the massive execution scene from the first movie but there still is one one of the uh members of the mafia who was trying to become turncoat is executed and and uh oh anthony his son begins to get close with his uncle fredo but uh that'll never happen and michael has him go away from him and that's a very interesting development that will be discussed in the next part but yeah freaking um it is just truly amazing how it goes down and uh as you see Vito's storyline end from his rise of all those who he kills, you see him exact vengeance on the mafia boss who took everything from him because he has his father killed. And uh, there's a boss named Sissio 
and he doesn't reveal his identity, but uh, freaking stabs him right in the chest. And oh boy, it is just a scene of poetic justice. And the movie ends with Michael sitting alone at the lake in his his family mansion, and it just really begins to show that uh, Michael's losing it, and he's definitely not, at least in terms of keeping the family together, like his dad Vito, but uh, overall, still absolutely amazing. Definitely deserved all the Oscars it won from Best Picture, being the first sequel to win Best Picture. And uh, so far, it's the only original film sequel combination to win Best Picture, even though I think that's a, bunch, a, lo- a load of horse shit. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, I feel, should have had some of its movies win. Especially The Two Towers. It was a lot better than the Best Picture winner um, at the year. It uh, won its Oscar. But yeah, freaking um, everything is just absolutely great. Oh, one thing I forgot to highlight too is the actress who played um, who played um, Rocky's wife in the Rocky movies, Talia Shire, plays Connie Corleone, Michael's sister. She's also real great, and as you see her, she's real solid. There's not much to say about her character though. She does great with what she does, but there's not much to say about her character because the women in these movies, for lack of a better way to put it, outside of Kay, Kay is the only one who really gets significant development. Other than that, though, there isn't really much for all the other, all the other uh, characters. So that's why K is really the only one who gets major development. But uh, definitely deserved all the Oscars it won. Even though I feel like, uh, even though I feel like freaking, freaking um. Al Pacino should have definitely won. He was absolutely incredible in this film because Michael's development in it is just absolutely great. And the decisions he makes from killing his brother to uh, continuing to go down the path of the mafia and to be further disconnected from his children and just Kay wanting nothing to do with him because he's just become so evil and toxic. Ah, just absolutely amazing. And, uh, oh, Robert De Niro won for playing Vito and he, killed it also he brought his own flair to the character while still respecting what who came before marlon brando he hit the right balance and the musical score is also great but uh yeah freaking everything is so great from the script to the performances francis ford coppola just the editing and the way it's directed and shot once again he outdid himself with this film can't really say much more other than watch it. This definitely deserves its reputation as uh, one of the best sequels in cinematic history because it is just absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah, it is for sure amazing. And one last uh, fact too, which I thought I'd bring up. Most of De Niro's performance is spoken in Sicilian. He's not actually speaking English. So he really had to bring it. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and also I found out during the Senate committee scene, the a very famous B-movie director, Roger Corman, plays one of the senators. So kind of funny how he's starring in a movie that's considered one of the uh, best movies made. 
yet he has a cameo appearance in it. <laughs> sure do find that pretty funny and also ironic. But uh going to go ahead and finish off this podcast with a little bit of a break. I think I'm just going to use the Godfather transition instead of a sound effect because I can't really do anything better. So not going to give my sign off off quite yet, but here's a little intermission. Also kind of like what uh, the movie had when I watched it. So here's, here's the intermission. So I'll, I'll end this and have the intermission and all that just as it had began. Let's go ahead and do that again. Powering on. All right, coming up. Ready to pair. Okay, obviously not that, but. uh, Pair. Here we are. So anyway, finishing this off with the Godfather Part 3, I guess I got to give a new disclaimer because uh, I just found some information out about this, which um, I just thought I'd say right now and get this out of the gate right now. I feel like the version we have currently is fine the way it is, but apparently I guess the Godfather Part 3 is going to get the Snyder Cut slash Ridley Scott treatment of having a director's cut guess Francis Ford Coppola wants to complete what he felt like was his vision, found a lot of the old footage, and is going to touch it up, very similar to what happened to Blade Runner, the final cut. But uh, anyway, yeah, freaking um, absolutely uh, a movie that is very overhated. I still enjoy the cut we got, but uh, the background of this movie is, is it came out about over 15 years after the previous movie. And uh, one major addition I got to mention is uh, Mary Corleone becomes a prominent character in this movie, along with his Michael's son, Anthony. And she's played by uh, Sofia Coppola, who's now become a successful director and writer. But her performance in this movie definitely has some weak aspects. I don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be, but definitely nothing special. But yeah, Winona Ryder almost could have played her but Edward Scissorhands prevented that. But, um, yeah, I just found out there's apparently going to be another version of this movie coming out. And there also could have almost been a fourth film up until the death of the author. And to be quite honest, I don't think there's anywhere else this could have gone. So it, uh, it definitely, it definitely is, um, Still a great film with great dialogue and um, definitely uh, not uh, not uh, as bad as it is made out to be. So I thought I'd give that disclaimer right there. Plus the movie still has Al Pacino, so how bad could you really get? Along with the legendary Western actor Eli Wallach. But uh, yeah, this movie obviously picks up where the previous one left off. And uh, Michael continues to age. And uh, he's beginning to have some guilt over killing Fredo and all his other crimes. Even begins to portray himself as 
a charitable man, even though there are still people who don't believe him and call him out on it, which is one really well, great, a really great scene highlighted in the beginning. And there's also a scheme he has with the Vatican Bank and all the cardinals in it. And uh, he now tries to have that be a way of him being able to deliver out his uh, his schemes. And people really want to bring him down. Oh, one other new character, too, I forgot to mention, is Andy Garcia's Vincent Corleone, who is the illegitimate son of Sonny Corleone and is also the cousin to Mary. And I will admit she is attracted to him. It gets a little weird in this movie, but it's not done too much. So it definitely uh, definitely isn't too bad. But uh, there are some scenes where it gets a bit uncomfortable, but not too bad. But uh, yeah, freaking... Um, He's just absolutely great. I don't know what it is with Andy Garcia and crime films, but he just has the magic touch, whether it's the Oceans movies or the Untouchables. He just uh, really does have the magic touch with them because he is just absolutely great. And there's one scene where he kills a hitman and uh, oh, does it in such a badass way. I don't want to ruin it. I'm just going to say I'm just going to say that. But uh yeah, this movie definitely is the true fall of Michael Corleone as he he uh, loses just about everything and his daughter hates him and resents him along with his son who doesn't even want his dirty money, as he calls it, for, uh, for uh, what he did to get him to go through school. So he becomes an opera singer and Michael reluctantly endorses it. But Andy Garcia becomes his... Uh, his uh, protege slash successor and fully takes on the role as the new Don. But uh, yeah, Michael for sure falls into the abyss and uh, you see him express grief over what happened, but he definitely, he definitely hasn't always done it. He does even really want to try to get out of it at one point in the movie, which leads to the memorable line in this film, which is, real great and definitely an applicable one that I like to say sometimes. And uh, that is uh, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. But uh, yeah, freaking um, the ending to this movie though is really great and definitely picks up. I don't get why, I really don't get why some people complain that this is a standalone story and has a convoluted plot because when I watch it, I don't think it's all that confusing. It's really not all that bad and Al Pacino's still great. But uh, anyway, frickin', um, frickin', uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see though with the new cut of the film that's uh, coming out and uh, going to be coming out on digital and blu-ray as i found out later this year in december so to finish off what i was saying there you can go ahead and watch it there if you want but uh yeah freaking um it is definitely uh definitely a very intriguing watch and uh i also really uh Really, can't wait to see what happens there. 
But anyway, moving on to the ending of the film, as I was saying. So Michael's going to one of his son's performances and uh, and Vincent is has already succeeded him and is already taking uh, is already the dawn. And uh, he ends his romance with Mary. Michael basically blackmails him and says, I'm going to kill you if you take this on and don't throw in the towel. Kay also begins to be a little more friendly with Michael, but not all that much. But uh, the opera scene is just absolutely amazing. Once again, Coppola edits together many assassins, taking out all the all the Corleone members this time. So the tables have turned. And at the very end, one assassin shoots at Michael, wounds him, but the bullet passes through Mary and kills her. And it is just a real great scene where Michael is just screaming in agony and it's audible, but then you hear it and it is just absolutely great. And then intercut with a brief montage of all of Michael's loves and Mary. And for all of uh, Michael's accomplishments, becoming a Don and everything, it all means nothing. He goes back to Italy dies alone and that is that holy shit absolutely amazing the development of michael his character arc is complete you see him fall go to rock bottom just absolutely wonderful great end of the trilogy that we have it will be interesting to see this alternate cut but still not as bad of a movie as it's made out to be i'm glad it got oscar nominations but didn't win any Pacino should have been nominated, but he did star in another movie that year for Dick Powering Tracy. Off. So maybe that is why he wasn't nominated. But still, nonetheless, it is still an absolute classic. And um, I really uh, think it definitely uh, all the movies deserve their nominations. And all are definitely landmarks of film from the editing, the performances, and just what these movies prove cinema could do, along with the impossible task of making the evil scumbag characters become likable and enjoyable and the ones you root for. Because that was definitely unheard of for when the first movie came out, but this movie helped the rise of the crime genre and became great movies in their own right too, and paved the way for other crime classics like Goodfellas, Scarface, Heat, and many more. And Michael Corleone's definitely one of the best characters of it. And this is uh, definitely, definitely a real solid film. And Francis Ford Coppola should should uh, receive all the praise for it. And also, part three is not as bad as it's made out to be. It's not disconnected nor standalone. Still absolutely amazing and highly recommend watching all of them. And uh, if you haven't seen them, go out and watch them now. This is truly one of the best trilogies in cinematic history. So I'm going to go ahead and give my sign off. So uh, hope you enjoyed this. Up next is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, unscripted. So Go ahead, and that'll be real interesting to watch there. Powering so on. let's go ahead and finish this as it started, along with that. Ready point. to pair. So let's go ahead and do that. Yeah.